crossing 750 and we should be at 830, 840 within the next two months. You are listening to Conversations with Nathan Latka. Now, if you're hearing this, it means you're not currently on our subscriber feed. To subscribe, go to getlatka.com. When you subscribe, you won't hear ads like this one. You'll get the full interviews. Right now, you're only hearing partial interviews. And you'll get interviews three weeks earlier from founders, thinkers, and people I find interesting. Like Eric Wan, 18 months before he took Zoom public. We got to grow faster, minimum is 100% over the past several years. Or bootstrap founders like Vivek of Question Pro. When I started the company, it was not cool to raise. Or Looker CEO Frank Bean before Google acquired his company for $2.6 billion. We want to see a real pervasive data culture, and then the rest flows behind that. If you'd like to subscribe, go to gitlatka.com. There, you'll find a private RSS feed that you can add to your favorite podcast listening tool, along with other subscriber-only content. Now look, I never want money to be the reason you can't listen to episodes. On the checkout page, you'll see an option to request free access. I grant 100% of those requests, no questions asked. Hello, everyone. My guest today is Steve Pockross. He's building a great company. It's Marketplace Plus SaaS for content creation. It's called Verblio.com. He brings more than 25 years of experience to start up Fortune 500 and nonprofit to his role, years of experience there, to his role at Verblio. He previously served as VP of Business Development and Strategy for a Marketplace Plus SaaS pioneer called Live Ops, as well as leadership roles at Tendra, Western Union, and HSBC. He received his MBA from Kellogg and as an MA from Wesleyan University. Steve, you ready to take us to the top? Ready. All right, so live ops, OG SaaS plus marketplace stuff happening here. What's Verblio working on? Verblio is working a lot. We're we're riding a pretty big content wave as it becomes a more and more powerful tool for marketing. Uh, And we're, we've got, I think we're gonna create 80,000 pieces of unique content this year with 3,000 writers working on our SaaS platform and uh, yeah, we keep trying to focus on our mission, which is high quality content at scale for every niche. That's interesting. Okay, so you think we'll do 3K writers on the platform this year who put together 80K pieces. What were those same numbers for last year? Uh, so the same numbers for last year were around 60,000 pieces of content. And how many writers? Uh, so about the same. We actually, uh, it's interesting. We're actually going down in writers. Part of my uh, fine-tuning philosophy of how to get more out of your marketplace is to actually use a, the right size pool. So I, we started the company with 10,000, we're down to 3,000, and I hope to be using 1,000 active writers by the end because I think it's the right balance of getting the power of scalability and quality or scalability out of your marketplace without sacrificing quality. Of course. Now, do, what do you, I mean, I imagine a key measure that you measure is on average, what is the writer going to earn on Verblio? What is that? We do, you know, we don't as much as you think. And it's because every writer comes with a very different goal. Some of them are looking for full-time work. We actually had a, our first writer make $100,000 last year on the Verblio platform, which oh, I'm nice. incredibly proud of. Uh, and then we have some that are working for side money that are just doing their side hustle. And their goal is probably five to 10000 a year. And that's probably our average writer. So how much total did you pay out in 2020 to writers? So we paid about half of what we are. Uh, we paid out a flat half. So okay. our company brought in six million or six point one million last year, and so half, three million went to freelancers. And does that work at scale? Can you keep sort of taking sort of fifty percent there? If you put ten million through platform, you'll pay out five. Completely okay. scale. It is it is built to scale. 
Okay, so it's scaling. So, but less less writers. So higher quality, more pieces of content means each writer's average income via Verblio should sort of increase if you keep up with that trend. Exactly. And the amount of pieces that they write for every client. So they get better at better at their work. And that's how we see it. Yeah. The more they get paid, the more quality our clients get. And it's a beautiful, virtuous cycle. And so why a business that's coming in and they're looking for, you know, scaling their content creation, it makes sense when they want to use a marketplace. So they don't have a fixed expense writer, full-time salary on their balance sheet and P&L. But why, why your marketplace over another marketplace? There's a lot of writing marketplaces. Why do they pick you? There are. So we put a lot in. So we, our goal is to be the premium, the premium marketplace in the business for content creation. Uh, and we look at the business in some pretty distinct ways. Uh, we have really focused on what I was just talking about, our quality, is we look at that level of how do you get more quality out of your marketplace at multiple levels. So some of that is just how do you get your writers more excited? Uh, more engaged, the more engaged the writer is, the better that they're going to perform. And some of it is the selection process for how they get matched to clients. Uh, and some of it is our content creation platform, which we try to make as friendly as possible because as much as the writing quality is really important, content creation is messy. It takes a lot of co-creation and back and forth. So we have we have a client doing 1,200 unique pieces of content per month on our platform. Wow. They need to give edits on every single one of them, send them to different uh, subscriptions that they have within their profile and make sure all of that gets out on time. And so... Uh, I don't want to downplay the uh, the importance of technology in this whole marketplace. Has that customer tried to acquire the whole business? Uh, not yet, but but maybe I'll ask. Interesting. Okay. And how many businesses put at least a call it, you know, or, or actually today, right? How many customers do you have businesses putting at least one piece of content to your platform per month? A thousand thirty. One third. Okay. Got it. So about the same number, actually, as we last spoke about a year ago, you had about a thousand and two. That's about right. Okay. Okay. Interesting. And, um, are, you know, there are customers that also churn, right? So the ones that churn, what content strategy were they trying to execute that just didn't work with sort of an outsourced writing team? So yeah, there's two different buckets. So the reason that we've grown so much, we grow 30% last year in a down economy. I think the last talked to you in April when things were not looking quite that bright. So I'm glad to, to come back to that story with a better tale. Uh, and the ones that, so we, they were all replaced with much larger. We've been focusing on moving up market and work with much larger clientele. So our average customer now spends $800 a month. Um, and versus I think last time we talked to you was clearly must've been a third five, less. Five, 500. Yeah. Um, and so that's been a big difference in our business. We, the churn on those accounts that are basically we consider enterprise a thousand dollars and above churn at 2% per month. Our largest four, our largest, I don't know how many, I think we're somewhere between five to seven clients at 20,000 a month. Those don't churn. They have 0%. Yeah. And then the lower marketplace that you brought up the question for, they churn around nine, I think eight to 9% now. It's really gone down from, I think, 10 to 12 last time I talked to you. Mm -hmm. um, and they're just, it's a different business. It's a subscription month to month. There's no long-term. Some people have short-term needs for, um, so there's a variety of reasons. One is the clients could have a short-term need for content. They could see it for a few months. Another is they could have not done it before. A lot of them are agencies that went in for one client and their contract went away. And some of them we might not be a good fit for. Um, and I don't know why, but I think uh, I think they should try again. And so what does that mean in terms of MRR? 10, 20 customers, 800 bucks a pop. You're doing what, 800 grand a month in revenue these days? Yeah, we're crossing 750 and we should be at 
3840 within the next two months. That's great. And then, yeah, during COVID. So at the beginning of COVID, we chatted, I think you said you're at like a 6 million run rate. So you, you finished last year at somewhere around like a 8 million run rate. Is that right? So we, we finished with 6 million in revenue and a run rate of around 7 plus, And mm-hmm. we're, we've had a pretty big growth first four months of the year. Yeah. Interesting. Where's that growth coming from? The growth is coming from large customers that are looking at content as at scale. They really have a need um, to do, well, they're thinking of content as competitive advantage. What I mean by that jargon is that a lot of them are building their businesses based on content. So the first wave, when we first talked a couple years ago, it was small businesses trying to keep five blogs afloat. Wave two was digital agencies that went up market. We were solving a big pain point for them. How do you manage content? Do it by vertical or do it at scale. And this next wave is really coming from really large clients that are thinking, how do you build the business if you have a company like Verbally Powering You, where you can do quality content at scale for any niche, which is a pretty, it's kind of the, 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 the fuel of the modern marketing engines. And a lot of people are thinking more creatively about how to use it. Now, have you changed your team dynamic at all? Last time I spoke to you, were 22 people or 20 or 17 people, I believe. How many people today? Yeah, we're 31 now and we have seven open recs and we should end the year at 40. We're on, uh, we've done a what lot. Are they doing? What are you hiring for? Salespeople, what, engineers? It is super balanced across the company. So because we're bootstrapped, as you know, um, which is one of your favorite topics. We love, we love it. Well, uh, is that, you know, you, the, the dynamic is you invest behind the curve. You, uh, you invest six months after you really needed that person. And so we basically are adding incrementally to all parts of the business as we need them. Well, how many our biggest today? Is, say again? How many engineers today? We have seven engineers today. Oh, wow. Okay. And how many, any sales reps that carry quota? We have, uh, we had our first, uh, we have our first three. Well, we had one sales rep for four years and now we have three and our first executive VP of sales. That's so, a big hire. Yeah. So most of our focus is on driving marketing brand, driving SEO and living the content dream of uh, if you, if you build it, people will come to you. Mm-hmm. How are you? I mean, it's interesting to ask a content guy, how he's thinking about SEO. Are you thinking about SEO from a content perspective or like programmatic SEO where you're sort of auto launching pages, comparison pages, things like that. Uh, it's interesting. So our next big phase will be productizing content. Yeah. Um, so moving a lot more into the second part that you said. So so far, we've really been following what the market demand is, knowing that we had something really valuable. And the next phase is, how do we take some of these ideas like SEO refreshes? How do you revamp pages at scale and turn those into products? Um, yeah, there's a lot of them. Video falls into that bucket too, that we still have a lot of work to do to build out our video company that we bought a couple of years ago. Mm-hmm. Uh, tell me about that video company. Uh, so we bought a company called Automagical, which is very similar to, uh, to um, sorry, been out of it for a while. So uh, okay. similar to other players in the market that are trying to take existing content and turn them into, into videos by using AI. The, the twist that we put on it is I think that the, the main goal of, those, of that video technology should be to dramatically reduce the cost of creating the video as opposed to fine-tuning the quality. So we then put our writers on. Uh, once the video comes, it has a great draft that the AI created. Uh, and I think that's about 50% there. And then we have our writers go in and finish the story to have a much higher level product at a lower cost. Interesting. Very cool. Now, talking about capital needs, um, you have to correct me if I'm wrong here. Were you the founder of the company or did you come in after founding? I was hired by the founders uh, about four and a half years ago. Got it. And are the founders still active in the company or are they left? They are both out of the company and uh, they're both on the board. 
So how, how do you guys think about, uh, you don't need to think about this really because you're not, you're not raising capital, but if you were going to put a valuation on a company, how would you think about it? Uh, so it would, unfortunately, there's not as many comps as I would like in the space. I think marketplace and SaaS has really taken off and I appreciate your support and, uh, and fostering yeah. the terminology to get there. Uh, and so I think, you know, you, uh, there's a variety, like you have your marketplace options, like you've got your Upworks that they have their valuations, you have your SaaS companies, and then you have your services companies that are clearly much more towards the one-to-one revenue and nowhere near as high as the uh, you know, five to 10 to 15 of the rest of them. So I think it's still yet to be defined of how much value is here. And I think it's up to the industry to prove out what we can do that's different than anybody else and how it's a more powerful platform before we get there. So Right now, it's basically comps and conversations, but I, I hope it gets a lot more towards the five plus than it does towards the one. If someone offered you guys $100 million today, about 11x multiple, do you take it? Yeah. Yeah. There you go. Direct answer. We like that on the show. <laughs> Steve, on that <laughs> note, let's wrap up with the famous five. <laughs> Number one, what's your favorite business book? Uh, it's currently Alchemy, the Dark Art the Dark Art and Curious Science of Creating Magic in Brands, Business, and Life by Rory Sutherland. He was ready for that one. Number two, is there a CEO you're following or studying? Um, you know, I love David Cancel. He was just on my podcast, and I find him deeply inspiring in the way he thinks about brand and the things about people and all of the intangibles that build a great business. Well, hey, let's give your podcast some love here. Why, as a SaaS plus marketplace brand, why'd you launch a podcast and what's it called? Uh, the podcast is called Yes and Marketing, based on the improv idea that uh, marketing ideas can come. Great marketing ideas can come from anywhere, and there are no best practices in marketing. So, uh, I talk to inspired leaders and inspired marketers with the idea of we're going to learn from from any of them. Uh, with the idea of like the focus of our company is really a lot more on building new marketing capability than it is on you know the the basic idea of delivering a service. And people can find that on iTunes, I assume. Please, everywhere. Uh, I hope you like it. Say it again, the title. Yes, and marketing. Yes, and marketing. Very cool. Number three, what's your favorite online tool for building Verblio? You know, I know this is boring, but I'm going to say Slack. And Slack because, God, it's so fundamental to how we created a great um, uh, remote culture during this meantime. Everyone's on all times of day, on all sorts of channels, just creating water cooler talk in a way that would have never been possible before. Mm-hmm. Um so I think I think about it much more from cultural than I do from process-driven kind of productivity. Yeah. Number four, how many hours of sleep are you getting every night? Oh man, last year. Uh, so uh, I, I aim for six to eight, but coronavirus has not been very helpful. I have the whole coronasomnia thing that I know many of us are suffering through. Yeah. Number four, our situation: married, single, kiddos. Married, two kids, ten and thirteen boys, living in Colorado, gives lots of outdoor time and fun things to do. Older Colorado. How old are you, Steve? I am 48. 48. Last question. What's something you wish you knew when you were 20? Uh, man, all, every step along, I was thinking about my career, every step along the way that I did something that I thought would be good for my resume versus what I wanted to do was a mistake. So I worked for large companies, three giant banks. All of them went terribly horrible, terribly wrong. It's just not a cultural fit. So I wish I would do what I felt like doing, which I did most of my career and uh, just all of my career. Guys, big moments happening at Verblio, even during COVID last year, they run a marketplace of writers. Their first writer earned more than $100,000, which is great. Over 3,000 writers on the platform will create about 80,000 pieces of content this year. That's coming from 10,020 businesses paying about $800 per month to use Verblio.com. They're breaking. They just broke the $750,000 a month 
threshold, which is called an eight, nine million dollar run rate. That's up about 30% year over year. They pay over 50% of that nine million revenue to their writers. So about 4.5 million, 5 million ish. They're doing this all with a team of 33, 31 out there in Boulder, Colorado. Steve, thanks for taking us to the top. Nathan, great to see you again.